Uh, welcome to Serial Novel Podcast, episode 118. Boom. <laughs> What's up? Hey, wow, I am incredibly impressed with your, your logo intro there. That is that is some cool stuff. Well, that was Dylan. <laughs> well, I've got her some uh, some funny books. You guys got a whole logo. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want. I have like so many other ideas for like different things to do with the logo. Um, mm-hmm. but... That was that was our like lazy attempt at it. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't wait to see what you do when you put effort in, man. <laughs> yeah. Except the idea that I have is like I don't even I, I probably would have to like pay somebody to do it unless I'm yeah. not to figure it out. But, <laughs> so we have Dalton with four color comics or four color, you know, just the four, four color comics works, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what? Who are you, and what do you do? Yeah. So. Uh... I'm Dalton Shannon. Uh, I'm the co-writer and co-creator of Frankenstein the Unconquered, which is coming to Kickstarter soon. Uh, Mechaton, which has been running on Kickstarter. Uh, We actually just wrapped the uh, issue one through three campaign a few weeks ago. Uh, So essentially, uh, me and my co-writer, co-creator Wells Thompson, uh, write comics and work with very talented uh, artists to, uh, to bring them to life. We do that too. <laughs> Very cool. So I was plugging all my stuff in. If it's, it's like yelling at me, Stop yelling oh, no. at me. <laughs> I unplug it. So yeah, it's funny. Earlier, I was trying to log in. I got all this. Uh, I got. I come on a new laptop on a different Wi-Fi. Trying mm-hmm. to log into stuff, and uh, our uh, accounts like no. Not allowed, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Text great until it's not. Yeah, they're like it might take forty-eight hours to get back into your account. I'm like, oh no, could it not take that long? <laughs> so your first uh, campaign for Frankenstein uh, conquered. You got three hundred and six backers. Yes, seven thousand two hundred seventy-seven dollars. That's yeah. It was uh, by far our most successful Kickstarter. Um, Mechaton number one did did pretty well, but uh, Frankenstein blew it out of the water. Uh, I, it's uh, doing no small part, I think, to Heather Vaughn's fantastic cover work. Uh, that that stuff is phenomenal, and uh, Mary Landro's art, I think, speaks for itself with Dahlia's colors. Um, it's a concept that I think uh, appeals to a pretty wide. It's monsters, barbarian fiction, and over-the-top horror action. So, like, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty easy elevator pitch. And uh, most people, when they hear it, their eyes get just a little big. Like, you can tell their interest has peaked a little bit. So, uh, if nothing else, you grab the digital copy for cheap and uh, and check it out. And it, it was a, it was a really good campaign. And we're looking forward to number two. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, we just did our best campaign. Uh, that was for. Our first ever like all ages comic, yeah. and that we got 
4,000 something. Yeah, it was like 4,800 something. Well, the, the, the backed amount was 5,000 something, but the oh, much right. I get out of it. Oh, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. It's all a blur. Yeah, they, they post campaign tends to be a, a pretty big blur. Wells is Wells is the numbers guy, so he'll tell you all the intricacies, and I'm just like, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> yeah, uh, now I just have to like ship all the stuff. So like, we just yeah. bought all the stuff because we got the funds like last mm -hmm. week. So me and the artist like we had a whole meeting of like, oh, oh we got to get this, this, this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, we're not doing all that on the next. Yeah. Fulfillment is a beast in and of itself. We're actually in the process of sending out uh, the first Frankenstein batch of fulfillments now. Uh, we, we finally actually got those back from the printer earlier last week. The book looks so good. Uh, but uh, it's it's a lot of mailing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't like that part. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, I think that's like a creative thing, right? Like creative people don't don't like the actual, like the the backstage stuff like oh i've got to do fulfillment i got to do like marketing all that stuff like like i need somebody else to do that for me i just want to oh, make i actually like uh marketing and really like, yeah because yeah. you know my business partner is a marketer <laughs> so i like marketing but it's um, such a headache <laughs> yeah because he he helps me with it but uh, yeah yeah i like social media stuff like that it's fine um it's the fulfillment stuff and like Every campaign, mostly that I have shipped so far, I've had to do it by myself, and it's really annoying. To do by yeah, yeah. So uh, I couldn't imagine doing it by myself. I, I am so thankful to have a partner doing it with me. Yeah, my girlfriend helped me like for one of the kickstarters, but I had to do two at one time. Oh man! Yeah, I'll never do that. Again. No, because <laughs> one was behind for like almost two years and then mm. the other one was our horror anthology so i was like oh we'll have to ship these both out around the same yeah. time. oh boy <laughs> so when i brought them to the post office they all like just looked at me bug-eyed and like what's yeah. that I'm like <laughs> three, three people went on break yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how it goes <laughs> i'm like don't ask me that stupid question is it a bomb like this yeah is a comic oh. book just just keep going. It's like, why would I put it in different packages? <laughs> I'd get one big one. Yeah, we're waiting to assemble it at a later date. We just got to get it. Yeah, down. yeah. Battery's not included. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you mentioned um, your, your other partners are at a, a convention, um, but you're just shipping this out. Do you guys have this comic for the convention? We do. Yes, thankfully, uh, it, it came in. Like I said earlier last week, so we have. Uh, actual copies of Frankenstein to put on the table now. Uh, it's actually been, uh, we've been like promoting having it at conventions. Like we'll have a little sign with the Heather Vaughn cover on there. Like, hey, this is coming up soon because we have the physical copies of Mechaton, our other book, and, and those sell pretty well. Um, but it's so nice to finally have Frank on the table. I can actually flip through the book and look at, look at the art and uh, then give it to people and they, they seem to be really receptive. I, I've been getting texts from Wells all weekend. They've, they've been eating it up. It's great. That's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing we haven't done yet is conventions. Um, well, we've, we've been to them, but we just haven't been to them with our own booths, yeah. uh, no, you know, with our own comics. Ba basically by the time we planned on doing it, the world decided we weren't allowed to. So like, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we were doing conventions. We've been doing them since like 2017, 2018, and uh, just going in with like ash cans and zines. 
And as when we were finally starting to build up a little momentum where people were starting to come to the booth more regularly, then it all stopped. And then we had to pretty much ground up again once we could go to conventions. But by that point, we had like professional looking comics too. So that helped. But, yeah, yeah, one of the things that we did during that time was uh, we put on a virtual Comic-Con, our first Ooh, one yeah. okay. in, in 2020, and then we did one more last year, and this year we're doing our third annual one, so we're trying to yeah. keep it a recurring awesome. thing. Yeah, we, we do it the uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, so like Black Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, because no one does anything. And right, we, yeah. we didn't think about it. We're like, when could we possibly do this? And then I, I don't remember who thought about it. We were just like, yeah, let's try this weekend, because like I know I don't do anything that weekend. I eat <laughs> I eat Thanksgiving dinner and then I veg out for three days. So why yeah. not, you know, hop online to a, you know, a Comic-Con. And so, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, that's what we ended up doing. So we're, we're prepping that stuff now. We're starting to get uh, artists and, uh, you know, panelists and, um, you know, live event stuff. So we're trying to make it, make it good. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Wait, what's the, what's the name of it? Uh, it's just like, we call it SNCC. So like Cyrenova Comic-Con. And oh, then okay. uh, I think we, I think that the full name was like, Sunova Comic Con, then like the years of twenty, uh, so twenty twenty two, and then Virtual Expo was like the whole name. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, making sure it's really long so that people can't find it, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, we we ran into that with four color too because we decided to spell it uh, with the British spelling, and so every time somebody types in four color, it's not us. <laughs> yeah, I typed nice. in four color comics, and it was a comic book store somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like Florida or something, and then yeah. I saw the reviews, and I was like, "Oh, I hope this isn't them." Just <laughs> those like bad reviews of like stores, like oh. Uh, yeah. That was that was an early mistake, but one we've kept because we just can't let it go. No, honestly, something easy to do too is whenever you get enough traction that you're having like constant visitors, you, you just pay for the Google ads for the four mm -hmm. colors, you know, because because yeah. like what will probably happen is someone will do it. They won't find you. Then they'll type in comics after. And even yeah. if they don't type in uh, colors correctly, as long as you're targeting that keyword, like that's yeah. like that stuff. I, uh, we've, we've since abandoned like the, the four color socials and the website. Uh, it, it didn't suit us anymore. So we've decided to... Uh, we're actually doing our own socials. Wells has his, and I have mine under our own names. Uh, it, Four Color served its purpose for what it was, and it it was uh, our baby. But uh, now it's now it's a nice stamp on the back of any book we do together. Yeah. Nice, yeah. So, like, are you have all, are all the comics you create, or all the comics you publish, the ones you've also created? Like, you don't publish uh, outside comics. Right. No, this has all been uh, just me and Wells. Like I said, it's yeah. a very Four color isn't really like a company. It's not. It's it's more like a collective brain trust. In yeah, itself. Like, a, um, like just like a brand. Yeah, right. It, it was a brand we settled on, um, and so it, it's just anything that Wells and I have collaborated on. Anything we've co-written. Um, the early stuff I was actually drawing myself, and we would print them off and staple them and take them to conventions, and they weren't good at all, but. Uh, they got enough attention that we were able to work with some actually like talented artists. And we, uh, we did a horror anthology through caliber comics descent into dread. And that's where we met a ton of great artists, Mary Landro, in fact, who's doing Frankenstein. Uh, we worked with her on a story that wasn't Frankenstein, but, uh, ended up, we were like, we have to have her when we, when we make Frankenstein an ongoing, we have to have Mary. And, uh, it's, it's been, it's been uphill ever since. It's been great. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm just like scrolling through the uh, what's it called the uh, Kickstarter, and just looking at some of the panels because yeah, it looks it looks phenomenal. 
Oh, Mary's art is so dynamic, and and she's so skilled at laying out a page. Like we, Wells and I, uh, you know, we're we're writers, so uh, sometimes we can get carried away in the script. And there's uh, one scene that is basically an entire issue of itself, but it's twelve panels on a page, telling like a montage. And we were like, oh, this is probably going to be, we're probably going to have to split this up. This is too much. And then she brings back the page and it's laid out beautifully. It it tells the story and it's not confusing. And we're like, how, how did you do that? And then she follows it up with like a two-page spread. It's it's fantastic. Yes, yeah, 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 the artwork's definitely phenomenal. I like, I like how it's a... Uh, it's got a rough look, kind of like uh, like Mad Max kind of feel, where yes. like yeah, like it just feels dystopian. Yeah, um, with but Frank it also really wanted that uh, post-apocalyptic uh, sci-fi barbarian kind of feel to it, where it is very rough. And I was about to say it's kind of like it's like Conan meets uh, steampunk, like it's like a weird. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the quick element. All I have to say is Frankenstein meets Conan, and people like it, it, that. That's all it is. Uh, I, I wanted to give Frank a sword and fight monsters. So and, and punch wolves through the back of the head, like just and grab their tongue. Apparently, <laughs> oh yeah, because you gotta you gotta use the head as a weapon now. Yeah, yeah, that's gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool too. Because uh, if, if ever, um, I think the movie's called like I Am Frankenstein. Uh, I Frankenstein. Oh, yes, I yes. remember that. Yep. Yeah, like it it it, it kind of gives me. Uh, the, those vibes except that he's like actually a monster which is awesome yeah we, we wanted to make sure that frank very much was a monster frank's not a good dude uh he's not someone you need to idolize uh or or sympathize with uh and, and we're kind of hoping throughout the book that that frank can actually become a person uh and not just the monster that everyone assumes he is in the one that he presents as because it is a direct sequel to Shelley's original novel like it takes place 500 years after he goes in the ice and then he thaws out in this bombed out wasteland and he could have had a home because uh, I mean it's the world's as monstrous as he is now but he has this chip on his shoulder that won't allow him to be happy or accept that people can actually be kind and he starts tearing through as this barbarian conqueror and then eventually gets shot up into space because of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Basically, if it's, if it's over the top and it belongs on a Megadeth album cover, it, it belongs in Frankenstein. Yeah. No, that's very cool. I, I just had to think of the Witcher. That's the other thing I'm, I'm getting reminded of. It's got like, a, it's kind of like, a, yeah, like the Witcher as well in the sense that he doesn't see himself as like potentially human he sees himself as a monster but like you mm -hmm. know yeah that's it's very cool yeah and it's always interesting because like uh we were talking about this i think on our last podcast like every story has been told before it's just putting a new skin on it and right. you know, adding new um anecdotes and things like that so it's always cool to see because honestly if if i can't relate it to something it's actually probably not a good story <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we we've entered the era of like genre bending elevator pitches where you kind of have to say it's scott pilgrim meets pacific rim or it's frankenstein meets conan like like people can't conceive of like this this new thing out there and will automatically put them off so like if they can't relate it to something else they like then they're not going to want to check it out and uh, 
It's interesting. Like uh, there's a book called Building a Story Brand by uh, Donald Miller. It's a marketing book about how to create your brand's story in a way that you can present it to a potential customer and have them see themselves as the hero and you as like, like they're Luke Skywalker and you're Yoda teaching them how to use their powers, right? So it's, it's an interesting way to see it because a lot of people, when they have their business, like they're the hero, right? But that's not mm -hmm. how it works. Like you're supposed to let them be the hero. And in that book, he specifically um, talks about the fact, because I, I can't remember, I think he, uh, he might've worked in the film industry at one point, but basically all the way back to, you know, even Star Wars, they were like, it's wizards in space. Like they needed, you need something to ground it so that I can, I can get an understanding. Yeah. Like, ironically harry potter is like star wars with wizards you know what i mean like it's the yeah okay you know, yeah, so that it, makes a ton of sense it's it, it, i've always heard that the most successful brands are the ones who sell not products but lifestyles so that kind of it, that feeds into that a bit yeah yeah and it's because you're you're entering the space you're not you're not uh you know, you're not you're not just being given something to walk away with. You're, mm -hmm. you're becoming someone new by getting my product. You know, that's right. kind of the idea. It's insidious in a way, isn't it? Well, it, it's it's true for anything. If you really think about it, comic books are just escapism. Like someone's got life problems and they'd rather read comics instead of solve their problems. So, like it's mm -hmm. the same with movies, films, any any form of entertainment. Um, what you're doing is you're you're giving them escapism because everyone has life problems. So you're trying to make them feel better about it and have a good moment. You know, so it, it's it's the same with like any product. You know, if it's doing what it's supposed to do, then you know, then it's and, and it makes the person feel better. Then that's all that matters. Yeah, there's a there's a famous marketer, Seth Godin, who talks about this. Like if if buying an expensive watch makes you feel better, it's OK to buy the watch. Right. But only if it makes you feel better. Right. It's not like, you know, people buy sports cars. There's some people who would never spend money on a sports car and some people who wait their whole life to buy one. And then you see that 50 year old, you know, smiling in his Corvette. Right. And he's like, mm -hmm. ah, I saved up all my money and I got the car. It's my baby. I clean it and polish it every weekend. So it, it all depends on like what actually makes someone happy. That's why like comic books are fun because they cross so many mediums. Like mm -hmm. there's so many uh, people like, you know, they can be. Yeah, I always mention this. It's hard to find. Uh, it's hard to define a comic book fan because they can be the janitor or the lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. they, they can be anybody. It's such a, it's such a universal medium, right? And, the, yeah, and anybody can do them. Comics are like, to me, it's the most punk medium because all you need is a pencil and a piece of paper and you can make a comic book. Like you don't need anybody else, uh, but collaboration is great to, to make the comics what they are. Like Frank wouldn't exist without collaboration, but like, if Mary wanted to go off and do her own comic book, she could, and it would be super successful. And it, it appeals to, th there's a comic for everybody out there. And it's so low barrier of entry for readers uh, and honestly creators as well, if, if you're not concerned about, you know, eating, but it's, uh, it, it, I, I love comics so much. They're, they're, it's, it's the only thing I want to do is comics. Yeah, do it. Do it. Actually, else is cool. Comics are also one of the best ways to learn another language, and one of the main reasons why is because, uh, and we, we've talked about this when we're trying when we've had people on discussing like the structure of comic books. And the interesting mm -hmm. thing is that the cool thing about comics is yes, they're simple, but they're also very complex to make them simple. Oh right? yes, it's very difficult to make something simple and good. And so what we're really doing is we're trying to figure out how to tell a story as simply as possible. Hello. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hello. Got breakfast. Got breakfast. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
what's it called? Um, yeah, like in order to tell an incredible story in such a short amount of time, like you have to be very creative at breaking down complex things. So like last week we were talking with um, Christian uh, Alawas, I think so. I always mess up the last name. But uh, basically um, we were talking about the fact that you're trying to actually use stereotypes to your advantage in comics because you need to simplify a thought really quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have one panel to make me feel something. And so it's, it's actually really cool. Like, even though it's a low barrier to entry, the ones that are great are the ones that figure out how to take something really complex and put it into one panel. And the reason why you can learn languages well that way is because you have to express a ton of emotions in a single face and then say three words as opposed to like a monologue. Mm -hmm. right? Very rare you see monologues in comics because no one wants to read a book. They're reading a comic book. Right. And then the other part of it is that it's very conversational. It's not mm -hmm. like talking about deep, complex thoughts. It's right. very back and forth. And so all of those things combined make it so that when you're learning a new language and you pick up a comic book, you can actually get real life experience quickly with like the new language. So that's, that's something that I've never thought of that. That, that is fascinating. It, it's, it's gotta be why those uh, it's gotta be why like the, the duck comics, the Disney duck comics just sell so well in all markets, not just cause it's Disney, but because it's so, they're simplified and Barks was able to make comics that were so simple and yet communicated so effectively that it, anybody can, can jump in and enjoy these stories. Yeah. The, the other cool thing too is um, you, because they're so conversational and short, one thing I'm actually having done now, my, my girlfriend's Brazilian, so she speaks Portuguese and I'm having her translate our comics into Portuguese. Hell so yeah. the other cool thing too, is it's actually not even that hard to then take these comics and then translate them. So you can, you know, have multiple uh, languages for your comics. So one of the things that I want to do for our website is eventually I want it to like every comic that gets uploaded there I want to be able to have it in like, you know, four or five different languages. That would be fantastic. Uh, yeah. Like, but like in the actual comic. So like, we, obviously we, we have to get some letterers mm -hmm. uh, here, or I guess rehire whoever the letterers were for this. <laughs> but yeah, I would just love to have all of that on our site like that. So you just switch between the panels. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. <sighs> Money. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. So what is for breakfast? <laughs> Trying to see. Oh, let me bend it down. We got bacon and eggs, and mm -hmm. in the eggs we got like green onions and I think it's just green onions and peppers and stuff. And then plate, plate number two. Oh, second plate. Oh my god. Pancakes, pancakes, almonds, and uh, Activia <laughs> yogurt. Hey, honey. <laughs> 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 Love it. My girlfriend actually made me uh, lemon poppy seed muffins last night. So. Poppy seed muffins? Oh, lemon poppy seed muffins. Lemon poppy Dude, seed. Uh, oh, I'll kill for one of those. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. Nice. So you, um, you said you have a second one you're planning on releasing. Do you have a date or a rough time? Uh, for Frankenstein, yeah. So uh, the Kickstarter for issue one and two, so you can grab the first one if you missed it, uh, launches September 19th. And we've got uh, a whole host of... Uh, actually, let me see if I can pull up the uh, pre-launch page, because the pre-launch page is live now. Uh, so you can go and sign up and get notified for whenever it actually does launch. 
uh, and we've got a whole host of cool stuff available on the Kickstarter for uh, reward tiers. It's We're actually doing our first um, Not Safe for Work cover. We're kind of dipping our toes in there and seeing how people respond to that. Uh, we've got a variant cover you can choose from. Uh, there it is right there. If you want, you can share your screen and then we can pull it up. Here we go. There's the link. How do I share a screen? Oh, on the bottom, there's like oh. a little plus window. Yeah, okay. Share screen. Look at that. Okay. The window. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. So this is the pre-launch page for Frankenstein 1 and 2. All you need to do is hit the notify me on launch. We've already got 52 followers going. Uh, and they'll let you know as soon as uh, as soon as that goes live. Uh, but we've also let me see if I can actually get to. Uh, no, it's not there. Okay, I was gonna show our. Whoa. Okay, that went. Oh. Stop sharing. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so when it launches, we'll have. Uh, like a commission tier. So if you're into Mary's art as, as much as you should be, uh, she can draw a whole host of cool shit. Like she's got, she has a ton of like Batman and, and Joker art on her profile. She's worked with Pell McFarlane on Spawn stuff. Uh, the art is just, if you like what you see in Frankenstein, you're going to want a commission slot. Um, we have an adopt a page tier, which is uh, for the price of the art. You can actually uh, pick a, page from the book it's first come first serve but we will put a, like a little uh note at the front of the book saying that the page is yours and then you get your uh i, I believe we're going to give a an 11 by 17 print of the actual art since mary works digital we don't actually have the physical art so mm -hmm. we're going to actually make a pristine one-of-a-kind uh page that you can hang up and, and call your own uh, we experimented with it on the Mechaton Kickstarter, and uh, we got a really good reception to it. So we're um, we're hoping Frank is the same. That's kind of one of the the tiers that is uh, we don't see it a lot, and especially in an age where everyone is drawing digitally, it, it's nice to have a, a little bit of of ownership over uh, over a page like we uh, we could back in back in the day. I also like that idea because um, one of the things that we did for one of the comics that. Um... I think it was issue two of uh, the Seer Chronicles. We put like everyone who backed it in the back of the comic. Oh, and man. Like, heard something people. Yeah. <laughs> like, rows of names. But I like the idea of like having it where, yeah, like you adopt a page and then it's only, you know, however long the book is. That's how many people are like, yep. you know, thanks to these people for specifically adopting this page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you're the only one with that page. Like it, it's never going to get printed again. There's not copies. Like it's yours. I like that idea. The only thing I want to be able to do do extra on top of that is figure out how to you know make the NFT for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, nah, we're we're gonna stay away from that camp. Yeah, it's something I want to play with, and it's funny because the um, the NFT space is basically you know it's a digital receipt that proves you own something. That's basically all it is, um, and allows you to call up stuff, but. The thing I like about it now is just like the uh, the attractiveness of it because it's like, ooh, it's new, it's shiny. And so it's kind of like a, a good marketing, you know, strategy is to like, ooh, like NFT each of the pages so that you could each own one of your own pages. Um, yeah, it's just like an interesting idea I wanted to play with. There's a, a company in Nashville who um, 
I, I don't think they've released yet. I, I messaged the uh, founder the other day because I had chatted with him um, a few months ago. And basically, it's supposed to be a platform that makes it super easy for anyone to go on, make their own NFTs, and then attach to things. So, like, you know, make it so anyone can buy it, anyone can make it, and it's much easier to, like, for any, like, artist, specifically in the music industry, but it can be used for anything. And um, I, I, I even asked him, like, you know, have you thought about going after comics? And he's like, maybe, you know, <laughs> so it is something that's super interesting. Oh. Dawn's like, I hate them. I hate them. Not an NFT guy. No, but, uh, you know, all power to you. <laughs> what specifically don't you like about NFTs? I don't know. It, they've always reeked of, I don't know, flash in the pan manipulation to me. They, they, it's very much like you said, the new shiny thing that doesn't have a lot of, uh, I don't know, the, the ownership of it doesn't really, well, it doesn't give you utility. So that's why I like, so specific NFTs will actually give you utility. Like Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't know if you know who that is, but he has an old NFT project where if you buy one of his NFTs, they were worth thousands of dollars, you get access to a, uh, what's it called? A business conference that he hosts three times. So for three grand, which was, I think, one of the cheapest ones, right? Or no, it's half an E, so 1500 So for 1500 you can get one of these. It's like a basic, you know, it's like hand-drawn. It's not meant to be beautiful art. Like literally Gary Vee, who's not an artist, like would draw a panda that looked like a stick figure. But you can get access to a business conference. Most business conferences, a thousand's like the starting point, right? So you get access to three of them for the next three years. Plus each, each uh, card came with a unique feature. So like one of them was the patient panda. So essentially, if you hold on to that, after the three conferences, I think you get something for it. So like you get like an hour with this guy who's worth $100,000 an hour, right? This guy gets paid $100,000 for a single, actually, I think that's his cheapest for a single one hour keynote speech. And you can sit down and ask him any questions you want. And he's a, a marketing guru, right? So, you know, that's kind of the cool thing is that if you attach something to it, that's what I like. And that's actually that, that uh, company I mentioned earlier that's making them. That's their primary primary objective. It's not to attach like a piece of artwork to a token that you could spend three grand on, hope you're going to flip it and get nothing for it. It's actually attaching utility to it. It's kind of like buying a receipt that you or a ticket to go to a show, except that that ticket can do a bunch of other stuff. So another one of Gary V's, you get like free merchandise. Every time he releases new merchandise for like the next five years, you, you get a free piece of that merch. And I think you even get a chance to, um, you know, be able to buy extra before anyone else can buy it in case you want to buy it and sell it. So like, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I, I have friends who used to buy a bunch of these NFTs that I'm like, like who the, the artist isn't famous. No one else is going to buy it after you buy it. You're spending a bunch of money on this thing. Like, what are you doing that for? And like the, but the real value though, will definitely be from the people who figure out how to make it, um, give it utility. Uh, another good one to look at too is, uh, Tom, Tom Billu. He has these, uh, Founder tokens, I think founder keys. I think that's what he calls them. They look really cool too. They're like there's animated versions of them, but it's the it's the utility they add to them, not the art. Where like I know a lot of people in the comic space are just kind of like selling snippets of art. Yeah, and yeah it's definitely flash in the pan kind of you know money grab uh, while it's while it's a you know a, a fad. <laughs> yeah, uh, comics always seems like a something. <laughs> As much as digital has uh, permeated the space, and it is the future of comics, comics are so deeply rooted in having a physical thing. I always, you know, at least to me, maybe maybe others, uh, it's it always feels better to have that physical page than it is to uh, to just have a digital, you know, representation of that page. 
uh, comics with uh, just having a, a digital. I don't know. It, it just seems like the NFTs with utilities are essentially you're selling digital tickets to other things rather than putting uh, putting any sort of meaning in the actual work itself. You're just you're selling the promise of something in the future rather than actually something somebody would want now. And you know that may have utility with uh, conferences and, and things like that. But with comics, I'm I'm I am skeptical. I feel I feel very comfortable just saying, hey, you can get a physical version of this page or the physical book, or you can even get the digital version of the book. But uh, we're, we're trying to stay away from that NFT space as much as possible. So you're, so you're talking about uh, meaningful and just being meaningful, whatever, in your creation. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you feel about AI art? Oh, God. No, no, no. Uh, I can I, I definitely can see the utility of uh, it's it's a tool end of the day, um, but it is a tool that uh, is very scary for a lot of independent artists. It's uh, it's so easy now that uh, why would anybody, why why would anybody hire a series of uh, concept artists for a film anymore or or book designer covers or that's the big one is concept art i definitely agree yeah. with that because honestly like if, if you think about it as a writer it is way more you know fiscally even responsible not even just like it not just because you're trying to save money like it makes sense you could talk to an ai and go hey draw me up a concept of a, a panda in armor riding a horse with a sword right and and they, they can do it like that's mm -hmm. which is crazy and then you can just take that and go, hey, this is my concept. Now I want art based off of this. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely agree. That's probably the first place because I, I don't think it'll ever get good enough to draw out full on comics because the, the facial expression like it, it would it would take years, like years, decades, centuries to get like the amount of data it would need to evaluate all of the stuff that makes a comic good. Right. But but definitely the concept art. I agree. That's probably the first place that's like would be in danger from that. Yeah, so uh, I asked that question because I did use uh, Mid Journey for a little while. Um, I guess I did it a little too much, and then they're like, you ran out of like attempts at making art. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I would never use it to create a whole comic or anything. Yeah. I know I would never do that because I respect like the actual artist. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's, there's like, there, there's something intangible about work created by people like it's and you know like i can definitely see when when the text there marvel and dc are just ip minds they can just make it have an ai pump out spider-man comics till the end of time and they're going to be just as soulless as anything else that corporate does but uh i don't know i i would hate to see like great independent artists be looked over and washed out because AI is producing comics that while soulless have mass appeal and uh, end up, I don't know. There's, there's only so much space <laughs> and people are more important than machines. Yeah. Yeah. So I make, like I had um, mid journey make like a couple things like, and then I send it to my artist and be like, this is kind of like what I want, but yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's, 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 that's like, great for utility and, and it's a great tool to kind of bring to life things you've only seen like dancing on the shadow walls of your head. 
So yeah. I get the utility of it. It can. It's just one of those tools that uh, if gone, if we go too far down that road, it can be a little scary. Yeah. So this is one of the things. It's going to be in uh, issue two of our Mittens comic, and um, he's on a Mittens, the alien cat, is <laughs> on a um, another planet, and. At one point, he'll be on this like highway, and it's going into this like cyberpunk city. Mm-hmm. So this is basically like kind of the highway that I want it to look like. Okay. Um, and then there'll be like a cyberpunk, like more of a cyberpunk-looking city in the background. But that's like one of the things. Um, a couple of things that I did do on here like don't look anything like I wanted. Like, this mm-hmm. uh, doesn't look at all like what I actually wanted. I was like, oh, that's, that's terrible. But uh, this gave me the idea for one of the characters that I do have. He is a black pug, but mm-hmm. he's actually going to be, like, more cyborg because it, I just thought this looked kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know it's actually interesting that I think about this stuff? Because <clears throat> I, I always like to look at the positive of things. I think, like you mentioned earlier, comics are like the easiest medium to get into. And I think that the cool thing about this is I guarantee there are tons of writers who cannot draw to save their life. Mm-hmm. And now what they'll be able to do, because like think about this, if I can't draw at all and I can't give you, like if you're an artist and I'm trying to tell you what's in my head and I have to describe it to you and it's not working, I'm going to get frustrated and not do it at all. But if I can like tell an AI, draw me something like this, I'm like, yes, that's it. I can then go find an artist now because I feel confident that they'll know what I'm trying to describe to them because I can't even draw it up to show them what I want. And I can describe it the best I want. But if it's too outlandish, I, you know, I might have to keep getting iteration after iteration. Like it, it, to me, what I see it as like when you're in marketing and you're trying to do brand development for like a company or whatever, you want to create what's called a mood board. Right. And you do that for comics, too. Right. You can, you can create like, you know, this dystopian future, all that stuff. And instead, you can essentially create a single piece of art that is the mood board and go, yes, this is all that I was looking for. Please create that in a comic book. And I think that might even actually like I think that if there's some smart artists out there, something wise would be to actually target people who are interested in that AI. and go, hey, I can turn those things into comics for you if you'd like. Right. So I think that if anything, it might even actually expand the job market for artists if they look at it wisely. Like if they look at it and instead of seeing it, it's kind of like, what is it like uh, Borders, the bookstore that doesn't exist anymore. They saw Amazon go online and instead of doing that, they shut down. Right. Where Barnes and Nobles, they put a little bit online. But the thing that they did was, you know what? People like to read physical or physical books. Where do they like to do that? In a cafe. Why don't we put Starbucks into our store? Right. And now Barnes and Nobles is still around. So it's like adapting to the times because like, you know, what's the, the one thing that's uh, the, the only thing that's permanent is change. Right. Mm-hmm. The only thing that doesn't change is change. And so it, it's the idea that, you know, as long as people adapt to it, I think that there's always going to be a market for it. You know, like, you know, what is it? Punk rock, punk rock is coming back now. Right. You know, 80s rock is coming back now. Stuff always comes back in cycles because people like that stuff. Um but I would definitely say that uh, I think a cool idea would be if, if you're a writer who's never even considered doing comics, maybe throw your ideas into an AI bot, see, take that, bring it to an artist and have them make you something up and see how it looks. So I, that's how I see that. It might be a cool, a cool way to take that tool and actually expand the comic book world rather than potentially take over it. It could. 
Yeah, I, I, I have no faith in corporations and the big man trying to use AI to squeeze out the little guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't doubt that independent artists are going to find a use for these tools and make them into something positive for them. Uh, it's just going to be increasingly hard in a market overrun with corporate bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I can see like Marvel hiring somebody that just does like AI. And yeah. It's more like now that the tech's here, I I have no doubt in my mind that Batman comics are going to be AI generated in like 25 years. Just type in Batman comic and it'll just come up with like the same alleyway scene that you've seen. It'll be like it'll it'll be like uh it'll be like a soulless version of the Lee Kirby work thing right like all you'd have to do is be like okay and in this issue batman fights the penguin and it's uh he's got an umbrella for a car and then the ai just spits out the the comic book like but it'll be a soulless version of that yeah i was about to say yeah if, if um if disney and um you know marvel with them yeah really wanted to they probably could uh you know go through and just be like yeah, great Spider-Man, but this time he's fighting Doc Ock and, you know, Green Goblin with Venom attached to him. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you pump a couple of things in there. But like like I said, I still think, you know, even 25 years from now, I don't know if that technology will be good enough to make art that isn't so bland. Right. Because mm -hmm. it'll, it'll probably literally take scenes from old comics and like lay them on top of each other. Sure. To the point, you know, that's probably what it will ultimately do, because. That's what old animation did. Like, mm -hmm. like Greg, Greg knows he was watching that video from Disney. The old animation, somebody drew a background that was really wide and then they just mm -hmm. rolled it along. And then somebody drew a couple different Mickey Mouses and, you know, walking in different positions and then they just cycled it. Yep. Right. So why wouldn't you do that for comics if you're if you got a computer doing it? You know, mm -hmm. I, I think that that's another thing. Now, something I do think is beneficial is I think that what might happen is. I think that AI might get good enough to begin animating comics and that one i'm not too uh, upset about because i think that there's tons of great comics out there that never get to the pitch like they never get to a like a, a music or a, a movie executor or anything like that like a producer who would be willing to front getting it paid for and if you could get even like the simplest version of it animated so you can actually pitch it i think that that stuff's kind of interesting well then it's not comics anymore then then it's a little movie pitch yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like being able to expand it because the reason why Marvel and DC are as big as they are is not because they only stuck with comics. They still sell comics. They still make new comics. They still have new new stories they're telling, right? Um, but the, the whole idea is that they then switched into animation and then live action, right? They added to it. And that's kind of what I mean. Like, you know, it's being able to, because this, this is true for marketing. Like, for example, like, let's say you don't like Pinterest, but all of your comic book fans are on Pinterest. Would you like, wouldn't it be wise to be on Pinterest? But you're like, nah, I just don't like it. Right. But like, what if they, what if your best fans use Pinterest and they don't use Instagram or Facebook, but those are the only platforms you choose to use. You're basically eliminating your own market. Right. So now there's going to be other people who do not like reading comics, but they love watching movies. Right. Just like there's people who don't like reading books, but they like watching movies. So by being able to convert your story into different mediums, you can expand your audience. And then sometimes you get those few people who are like, I thought I didn't like comics, but this is really cool. Like one of the things that we're doing now is we have like this little uh, quiz that we were like, we're paying ads to get online. And it essentially you take, you take the quiz 
and it'll tell you what type of comic book you might like based on genre, based on a series of questions like we made up and made up rules for. So, but like the whole idea is some people think comic book superheroes and that's it. They don't realize there's horror comics, right? right? Like the fact you said you worked on a horror anthology, you got Frankenstein, right? Horror action adventure, right? Like there's so many more genres than that. And so some people need to get introduced to that. Like some people have no idea Blade was a comic book. They're like, oh, it's fantasy and, you know, uh, vampires. It's like, yeah, a comic book first, right? Like that's awesome. And so some people, I think, especially like younger people, they're going to get introduced to films before they get introduced to comics. And so I think that if, if some independent comic book creators can get animations or films done, I think that's a good way to pull people back towards comics. Cause I still love comics, like being able to go through those comics, collecting comics, you know, that, that, that stuff's awesome. I got, there's a, I still have it saved somewhere. There's a picture of like uh, somebody took a bunch of comics and they basically wrapped like an entire room with it, like the walls and ceilings. They were like sealed in with epoxy so that they look like like pristine and it looks like incredible to mm -hmm. have physical comics. So, like I still love that stuff, but yeah, I, I always think there's great ways to expand your audience by getting getting in front of them where they already are. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, it, I, I, my feathers still bristle a little bit when uh, we're, we're trying to figure out how to make this, uh, this concept that uh, I thought was a great film pitch into a comic book instead when, uh, I don't know, a lot of those things don't feel like they like comics. They're just using comics as, a way, as an easy entry point into something else. And it feels exploitative, yeah. um, but there is, uh, th there's a lot of great indie projects didn't see success in comics until they had their adaptation on like Amazon Prime or something. So no, there, there's definitely a merit to it. It, it, it kind of just makes my spine, you know, chill. Yeah. Just uneasy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never read Paper Girls, but I watched the show, even mm -hmm. though I already knew it was a comic series. Yeah. And I liked the show, even though its target audience is like teenagers. Um, oh, the comic's fantastic. Love but it. it's good show but apparently not to amazon because they canceled it yeah um, i saw that one coming yeah yeah so I, i'm like well the marketing was terrible so that's why mm -hmm. it. yeah because they were so focused because so much stuff came out at the mm -hmm. same time so you have the boys which is amazing and then you have paper girls that came out but they're like oh we're not going to focus on this because like rings of power is coming out that's what we're going to focus on mm -hmm. it's going to be our next money maker it's going to be our next game of thrones kind of thing <laughs> so they're going to focus on that you know yeah. hopefully it doesn't have the ending like game of thrones so <laughs> thankfully you, you've got like 30 whole issues of paper girls to to fill that hole in your soul yeah. by and the cancellation another, yeah i guess there's like another streaming platform that's going to try to take uh paper girls over so yeah i heard they were shopping it around yeah. uh but uh after after why the last man kind of fell on its face i was like ah paper girls i don't i don't think this this is long for this world <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool so cool so yeah we covered a lot um is there anything else that you haven't released or announced yet that you're thinking about in the future in the comic space, right? So we're looking, to, you got Frankenstein 1 and 2 about to launch. Well, yeah, I don't want to one's out, but like 1 and 2 Kickstarter mm -hmm. about to launch. Um, what 
Is there after that, like, first off, like, do you think this is a super long, long running series? Do you think it's a short series like Cowboy Bebop, right? Where it's like a, a solid beginning to end mm -hmm. arc. Um, you know, what are you thinking for that? So, uh, Frank, we have planned out for about 13 issues. We have uh, it's split into to two arcs uh, with like a buffer in between. It's uh, so we, we have that all planned out. Uh, and but right now we're focusing on just that that first like six issue arc there. Um, so, no, we, we have uh, pretty big plans for Frank. Um, we also we alternate Kickstarters between Frankenstein and our other series, Mechaton which uh, we just wrapped one through three on Kickstarter a few weeks ago. And I think early January or mid-January, we're going to be launching the Kickstarter for issue four and five. And we'll finish up that first arc of Mechaton, uh, which if you like Frankenstein, I would hope you like Mechaton because it's just as over the top as Frankenstein, but it's more all ages, very uh, anime inspired. Uh, and we, we've toyed with uh, introducing a third project, but uh, after... Kickstarter has been hitting a, a little bit of a slump, but maybe a little oversaturation. Uh, so we're, we're, we're going to maybe pump the brakes on a third project and just kind of focus on making sure these two are the best they can be. Uh, but no, we have future future looks bright for, for both of them. And we're excited to actually tell the whole story rather than uh, just like a few one shot issues here and there. I, I love long form storytelling more than anything else. So uh that's why I gravitate toward television more than. I was about to say that's why I gravitate towards comics. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I gravitate towards comics instead of novels. Like I, I just like I like being in that world for a lengthy period of time and watching everybody grow and change and the ups and downs and uh, so Frankenstein is something you just, I mean, yeah, you can get it in eight pages, but man, I would I would love to have it in like three hundred pages. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I, I was talking, it might have been on one of our, the podcast episodes, but Greg and I were talking about the fact that I think that um, part of the reason why we don't see like massive, um, we don't see massive fan followers about a, a certain show and then multiple different shows. It's always like one big show that's out mm -hmm. right now. And I think the biggest reason is that we used to have like, weekly releases right and now because of the netflix release like essentially the whole thing's out at once mm -hmm. um i think that does two things there's the hardcore fans who watch all of it right in the beginning then there's the people who wait till it's completely done to watch it and then there's the people in the middle which i sometimes fall into where like i want to start watching it but i'm not going to binge watch it so i'll watch like an episode or two a night mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden somebody spoils it because they've already watched all three seasons of it and that's out mm -hmm. right like they'll just like fly through it and so I think like it's very disruptive. And the one thing I like about comics is it's a, impossible to do that, mm -hmm. right? You cannot, like, unless you just hold on to them for a decade, right? Because, you know, it takes forever to create comics compared to, uh, you know, live action film. Mm -hmm. And especially for indie creators, at least. Like, yeah. obviously, if you've got tons of funds, you can pump this stuff out in a month. But, you know, the idea that th it takes so long for an independent creator to write a new story is you know a powerful thing that i think allows people to enjoy the story more slowly and you know honestly become more true of a fan like mm -hmm. i have I, I, my brother does this he'll binge watch an entire season of a show but then like i'll ask him something about it and he can't remember and i'm like yeah because your brain can't hold an entire season in one day like you, you remember, remember the whole thing we learned when we were kids you when you go to sleep that's when your memory gets turned into long term you can't take an entire you know 
14 episode season arc and then try to store that into one night. Like it's impossible. Yeah. That's why I like the, I, I do like how a lot of the streamers are now moving to weekly releases again. I love that. That's, that's love very, that. I mean, that's how I just watch in general. My, my wife and I are completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Whenever the new stranger things were dropped recently, she wanted to watch it all in that weekend. And I was like, that sounds exhausting. But uh, I was able to convince her into like an episode or two a day. Uh, but if it was up to me, I'd like watch an episode a day or something. Like I, I, yeah, I what I, what I used to do time to binge, guys. I just don't. I know I'm busy being productive. Yeah, I was gonna say like what what I used to do, and Greg knows this is I would um, I, I basically I used to have like a super solid routine when I worked um, as an engineer. I'd, I'd wake up early, go to the gym, I'd go to work, I'd come home. I'd put food in the oven and then I'd watch like one episode of Arrow or Flash or right. uh, Supergirl, whatever was like, you know, the mm-hmm. trilogy, like uh, that, that Flash universe or Flash Arrow universe or Arrow Flash first. Arrowverse. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so sure. I would watch one episode of that. My food would finish cooking. I'd go get it and I'd finish eating while the episode ended. The mm-hmm. episode would end. I'd go back to doing something productive, like building a website or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I would just do that every single day. And I used to do that all the time. I, I, I kind of got to get back to that. Cause I, yeah, I don't like binge watching anything because I just feel gross after like three yeah. episodes. Like I'm like, like this, mm-hmm. that was too much. Um, but no, I definitely like the idea. Cause I, I've been talking about that probably for the last year and a half that I think that Netflix is killing real fandom because basically what happens is, because uh, this happened to me with like Game of Thrones, even though I know I think that was released weekly. But, you know, I know that this happened for other people with Netflix. Somebody ruined the last episode of Game of Thrones for season one for me. Hmm. Yeah. You, you know, if you watch Game of Thrones, I, I've read the first novel. Yeah. OK, so, so this is not a spoil because obviously the entire season's over or the entire series is over. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the first season, one of the main characters dies. And yeah. it's a total like you're like someone's going to save him. Right. And then he does. They don't right? He's dead. Yeah. Right. And someone spoiled that for me before I got to it. Mm-hmm. Killed all momentum I had to watch that show. I watched two or three episodes of season two. I never watched the show again because like it's supposed to hook you. Yeah. Right. And the problem is when it's the same, if you binge watch a whole series, right, you're hooked the whole time, but you don't have that like burning desire building up until the mm-hmm. next week. You're like, Ugh! like release it already. Like the right. shut up, and make my money. You know, you want yeah. that like anxiety built up because it makes it more exciting right and that's uh i mean that's one of that's a great thing about comics released on a monthly or a bi-monthly kind of schedule it it can build that momentum month in and month out but what's interesting is the market is definitely trending towards collections and trade paperbacks and having the full experience in your hands at once and binging the comic essentially uh and i I think that's great for complete stories in trade paperback format, like, uh, I don't know, Dogman or um, what was it? Uh, Paul is Dead. There was a, a Beatles graphic novel that released, which was just a made for the graphic novel. But like when you read um, when you read a collection of like the latest Superman books, like those those weren't necessarily intended to be read back to back to back to back, uh, unless you're Brian Michael Bendis. And it's, uh, I don't know, it, it kind of, it alters the way you read a comic book when it's collected like that. And I, I think it is healthy that we're moving towards a collected format because more people want to have that on them, their shelves rather than the space it takes for long boxes. Like that's, that's fine. That's healthy. Um, I just think, I, I don't think that the, uh, the creative mindset has completely shifted over to that because people are still writing for a monthly audience in a trade paperback format rather than writing for 
a a trade paperback format as one complete narrative. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. That's I, I, I definitely think that, that, that that's the reason why like web comics became a big thing too. Yeah. Like I'm not a personally a huge fan of web comics, but the concept of them, like once a day, once a week, yep. a new thing is released. Webtoons is huge. Well, the thing is, it's not being funny. It's like foreplay. Like if you don't have it, the experience isn't as fun. Like the mm-hmm. whole thing is that momentum to build up to it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's what like I'm waiting a week for that next comic to come out and I have to read it when it comes out because someone else will ruin it for me. But it's not a whole series where I'm forced to watch 15 hours of a show in order for someone not to spoil something for me. Yeah. It's, and that, so, uh, it's that consumerist mindset where like if you have that whole plate in front of you, you're going to eat the whole plate. Yeah. But if you just keep giving little morsels here and there, it it you know, it's a little healthier. You're, you're still being a consumer, but like, it's a little healthier than taking on an entire plate by yourself. The, the cool thing is that it, um, there's something called the marshmallow test. And basically it's something yes. you can get, yeah, you can give it to children and see if they'll mm-hmm. be successful later in life. And the basic test is you put a marshmallow in front of a kid, less than five, and you go, hey, like they have to understand English already, right? Or mm-hmm. whatever your language is, right? So it's like, you know, I'm going to leave this marshmallow here. If you don't eat it, I'll bring a second one in in a few minutes, right? You don't tell them how long, just a couple minutes, right. I'll be back, right? And the point is if they can wait, I think it's like five minutes or something like that. And, you know, for you to bring back that second marshmallow, that means they're, they can have delayed gratification, mm-hmm. right? That's like the number one key to success. Can I do something now to get a bigger reward later rather than be immediately satisfied and miss, miss out on my future reward? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's the same with people that, uh, you know, binge watch and don't binge watch. I know a lot of people who binge watch and it's not that they're not like successful, but they're definitely not massively successful. I don't know anybody who binge watches who is like, I don't know somebody who's like a multimillionaire who binge watches a show. Like I've never heard of that person. They don't exist. Right. Because there's stuff to do. Yeah, well, no, it's not even just stuff to do. It's it's the idea that they're always willing to wait for the reward, knowing it will be better having waited. Like waiting is part of the thing that makes the reward feel better, mm-hmm. right? That's why, what is it? Like, uh, uh, there was some uh, quote or whatever about like a six pack. And it's like, you know, what's the fastest way to get a six pack? And it's like, you don't understand. Like the part that makes a six pack awesome is that it's hard to get. That's why when you see somebody with you, like, damn, like that guy, like he must work his ass off, right? Like, and that's kind of the thing. It's like, you know that in order to do something like that, you have to wait. And it's the same with entertainment. Like it's cool to wait. And that's why like the people that were like the people that were freaking out in uh, what's it called uh, in, in the end game, right? Because they've been waiting since 2008 for this series to come to an incredible conclusion. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why justice league sucked. Yeah. <laughs> they were, right. Like that's they, not the only reason let's be clear. Yeah, I know. There's tons, I, there's tons of <laughs> other reasons, but honestly, I think the fact that the creators of uh, the people who created it, everyone involved was thinking that way though. They were thinking like, Oh, let's just get them a huge finale at once. They love that. It's like, mm-hmm. no, they loved this eight, or a 10 year buildup. When did that come out? 2019, 2018? Yeah. 19, yeah. So 11 year buildup to this incredible finale, right? That's why people were hooked. Like, that's why I, I still remember I watched Endgame three hours long. I drank that giant thing of Pepsi or Coke mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Coke, I think Regal this Coke. So uh, before the movie, like, like in the first 30 minutes, I had oh, no. this for two oh. and a half hours oh. and I would not leave that theater. Man. I'm not going to leave. Cause like some, like this is like the last thing I've been waiting 11 years for this. I'm and not going to miss it. And so then like, they never made any more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, that's the thing. It's like, because of that, 
Um, like, and that's the reason, like, even though that's a funny story, the reason I wouldn't leave is because I had an 11 year buildup of anticipation for this moment where justice league is like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if they fought a God and all the superheroes are already, already superheroes. I'm like, no, no, that wouldn't be cool. Like, can, like we don't need another Batman origin story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't need another Batman origin story, but damn cyborg J just so have you seen the Snyder cut yet? Uh, no, I uh, I refuse to sit through four hours of something I know I'm not going to like. So, so <laughs> if, if, if you ever do want to watch it, it's broken up into chapters. So you could watch it like a Netflix show if you ever wanted sure. to. Um, but they go a little bit more into Cyborg's story. And even from the original one, that was like the one thing I really liked about the movie was Cyborg's story. I'm like, I just wish they made a Cyborg movie. <laughs> like Cyborg was the coolest thing about that. But yeah. like, you know, yeah, everything else, yeah, there's tons of other reasons why it sucks. But Cyborg was one of the few things that were really cool about it. And if they just made, it's kind of like Iron Man. It's like his origin story. Like people love the fact, like, I don't think people understand Iron Man, although he was a main hero, most people, if you ask them what their favorite superhero was, they would never have said Iron Man. Right. Oh, I, when I was a kid, I used to watch the show yeah, but, but like I'm talking about, I was a huge Iron Man fan in like before the movie came oh, out, and I was like, I "Oh my god, it. it's coming!" But literally nobody else was like, "Who?" Who's that's, that's what I'm saying. Like we're we're comic book fans. We yeah. would like it, but like most people are like yeah. Spider Man, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Spider Man, yeah. like in that order. Like it's 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 always that order, right? Not Superman, Superman, what? himself. Oh, yeah. Okay, sir, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that you calm down. <laughs> And, and so, like, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, they, they were able to take a, a character who is not, like, one of the number one heroes, right? He is a big hero, but he's not the one most people would think of first. They do Thor, another person, just like that. Like, you know that Thor exists, but most people know about him from Nordic stuff. Not that he was in comic books, right? And they, like, slowly built up these characters. And, like, that that's what made it so awesome. Um, yeah, and so, like, I, I'm hoping that you know, the indie comic space, like, learns from that, like, building up these characters, making them, you know, incredible. Like, yeah, I, I definitely agree. The, the graphic novel version of, like, condensing a bunch of uh, a collective series of comics is cool for storage purposes. Yeah. But outside of that, it's like, you know, being able to get one comic at a time is, like, a, a phenomenal experience, you yeah. know, knowing you have to wait until that next one. Like, you know, we have a comic that we released a year and a half ago, two years ago. And we still haven't released the second issue yet. And there's like a running joke about the fact that we haven't released it yet. So yeah. I, definitely no, I, mean, I think that's why Webtoons is primed to just be the market eventually. Like it, it that format of just on the phone, it's right there. It, it's released on a like, if not weekly, then uh, every other week kind of format. Sometimes daily if the person's psychotic, like it, it will, it's that drip feed of like TikTok drip feed of uh constantly getting new stuff but it's it's not that uh binge model it's it still has that bit of anticipation uh built into it and the ease of access that webtoons provides while i'm not a huge fan of the format of yeah. the scrolling comic um i i definitely think it's primed to be the market uh, hey, have you see, have you checked out um our site by the way like have you seen how our comics are displayed i have not no oh, okay i'll show you real quick uh, let's pull yeah, this thing so formatting cool. for the web is so such a headache so what's cool uh, about our website is we actually kind of have like share both we have yeah. the binge watching reading yeah. kind of thing but we also have like a weekly release well mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to do for the last like couple months I've been doing that for our mm -hmm. horror anthology so I just take one story from the anthology mm -hmm. and uh, just release it for a week 
Okay. Uh, the last one I released is like a silent comic, so it's like you just look at pictures. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have some of that. Like you can read all eighty something comics on there, yeah. or you can just like wait for the one. Like Split is the one that's it's a silent comic. It's there's like one word in it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Oh yeah, I just realized I've never opened it on this computer, so it's gonna be it's like nice and slow and on different internet. But um, oh, I'm not logged in. Log in. Yeah, and that's the thing too is you, with a free account you can read all these comics. By the way, too. So if you do if you want to check any out, it's it's free. Yeah. To sign up. Um, but I just want to show you like what what we did for uh, display because that was my big thing is like the the physical comic is such a hard thing to replicate. Mm -hmm. So what we tried to do was we when we first built this website um, a few years ago, we went online looking for a platform that would allow us to do it. And so. OK. Yeah. And now you can just grab it. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So like that, that was like the biggest thing was being able to actually have this. Mm -hmm. And you can even look at it like it's a physical book. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like a three-dimensional book, which is awesome. But th this was definitely something that uh, yeah, this guy's having a bad day. How uh, <laughs> how does that how does that work on tablets or phones? Oh, it works pretty good. Like this this right here will go full screen um, on a tablet. This sidebar will go away. This will fit the whole window. Okay. Um, actually, I think I can. Uh, what is it? So does it does it display both pages on the screen or just the one page? I think it. I think I have it set to one. Yeah, it does one. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it'll do one. So it'll shift to the side and then it'll turn over. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. So it's definitely something like I agree. Like that's why, like I mentioned before, like being able to have this dual experience of like being able to take advantage of the digital, but like not not forgetting what makes it awesome. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because like I'm, I'm very adamant about like keeping the original art in contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to utilize the new tools because you don't you don't want to just be you don't, you don't want to be ignorant of the the future. You want to be able to keep up and and keep things relevant and use the tools, but you don't want to end up losing what makes it special. Oh yeah, place. yeah, yeah. I think eventually something that'll be cool is we, we have a video game in production um, for like our main comic book. Yeah, and uh, some of the stuff that we have in there, like we have an art gallery that you can go in. It's, it, picture uh, like GTA is very free roam. Sure. I think it's. We're building it off the same type of engine. And um, essentially, uh, you know, you can go to an art gallery and we're going to work with indie artists to take their art and put it in this gallery like it's a real okay, that's museum. Cool. Yeah. And then we have a movie theater and the same thing. We're reaching out to indie film uh, creators and we're going to put their films into these movie theaters where you can walk in and the movie's already playing. That's so cool. that's one of them. But the, the third one I'm thinking of, which um, is, is kind of just from this idea of being able to have the physical comics, I'd love it if someone could walk into a comic book store in our <laughs> universe yeah. and pull up a comic book that's from our catalog. That would be really cool. And, and like it'll yeah. zoom in kind of thing and then you can flip through it like you do with this. And I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. That'd be cool. I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, yeah, there's there's so much to do with that. Like that's why I just love the idea of like like I said, taking advantage of the new things, but making sure people feel that old thing like yep. you know I, I definitely lucked out greg greg's the same age as me right like i got to i i had a cassette player when cd players came out 
right? So my dad had mm-hmm. a cassette player, so I knew what that was. CD players came out. I had the portable one. I remember when it went digital to the iPod, right? Like, I remember that whole process. Mm-hmm. Like, I had my old, what have been my great, great aunt's, um, like, a music box that had cassettes, CDs, and a record player because they, right. they made it like right when CDs came out. So it has, like, all of these things and then an aux mm-hmm. port play even digital technically through it so it was like this perfect thing and like i like same with the records it's actually still true to this day it's impossible to make the smooth sound a record can make through digital right so you still like even with when it, even when it comes to an audible music you can't replicate what you can like same with comics like you can't mm-hmm. take that experience you just try your best to do it that way and then remind them go hey we got physical copies and that's the next thing we're working on is we have uh, these digital ones up there Mm-hmm. And we're trying to work with a one-off printer, so drop ship printing, right. and they'll print one at a time and ship them. And uh, we want it so that every comic on our platform, if uh, somebody wants to, uh, like they read the digital one, they like it, and they want to support the artist, they buy their comic. Uh, right. and, yeah, which I just think is an awesome idea. No, I I, I love that. I, uh, I I wish we would move towards more of like a, what'd you say, drop ship kind of yep. printing format? That. Printing on demand seems like the the best way to move forward with physical books instead of this instead of like the jacked up economy of comic shops. Yeah. Like yeah, and and that's the reason why we're trying to do it too is that uh, when we first started the company in general, we specifically were going to like make comics. That was like the the original idea, and then we're like, oh, ninety nine percent of indie comic creators are broke, right? Like yeah. the, the, the guy who wrote the number one horror comic in the UK is 40 plus years old. And this was back in 2017 when we looked this up. He was 40 plus years old, like thousands of dollars in debt and lived in his mom's basement. And we're like, why? And it's, first off, it's the cost of the comic. But second off, it's the cost to print a thousand mm-hmm. versions of it first so that you can sell it to make all that money back. But you still have to make up the cost of the, yep. the printed comic. So we're like, OK, so let's go digital first get people to start consuming the comic and then we can print them off. And then I started looking up like, there's gotta be somebody out there that does drop ship printing for comics. And we Mm -hmm. found one company that did it. And so uh, I'll shout them out. Ready comics. They'll, they'll, they will do a single print. Other companies, what they'll do is like, you have to order a bunch and then they'll like send them out or you order a bunch and then they'll do one-off prints. But ready comics was the only one we found where they will do a single one-off print. And Mm -hmm. yes, it's a little more expensive for like shipping and to print it. But the whole idea is then it's one at a time. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually get people to, you know, buy your comics one at a time. So that's what we're working on integrating into our website is getting it so people can get a comic. It'll send them a, 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 the order and then it'll ship right to them. And it's, yeah, hands off. And that's kind of the idea. Yeah, well, I just uh, got, I just printed the Chronicles of Horror, um, the full anthology. And because it was like the first copy that we had to like get proofed or whatever, it's like $50. So that made me cry. Was like, <laughs> one, just one copy is like. 50. Yeah. Yeah. Comics ain't cheap, which is why we're so thankful for Kickstarter being able to <sighs> crowdfund. And uh, the, the market can get a little saturated, but man, it, if, if you've got a project people believe in, they, they will come to bat for you every single time. And it's so fantastic to see. It makes me feel good as a creator that people actually want to see it come to life. And uh, it's I don't know, it's fulfilling to actually be able to like like I said we just got those copies of Franken earlier last week and to just have that book in your hands it's so great yeah that, that, I don't think I'll ever like miss not I'll, I'll always like that uh, feeling 
Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, any single time I get it like shipped to me, like I can actually open it and like, oh, yep. I just made this. It only took yes. me like six months, but <laughs> it's great. No, no other feeling like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I think we covered oh, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's um? Oh yeah, Greg. So where can people find you? Yeah, so uh, we've got the, the Kickstarter link. Uh, Kickstarter, Frankenstein the Unconquered, should be one and two. Um, I am on any social media that matters at Dalton K. Shannon, and Wells is on Twitter at Wells Thomp, P-H-O-M-P. So you can, that, that's where we're uh, updating all the time, uh, and you can follow us there and uh, go support the books. Links are in the description. Yes. <laughs> Cool. So uh, thanks for coming on. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. What episode was this? 118. 118. Nice. Yeah. On a roll. <laughs> well, no, thanks for having me on. This was this is great. Sorry about the little hiccup at the start, but I had a great time. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, ciao.